In this episode of BFR Tuesday, I talk about different programming options for Achilles tendinopathy and plantar fasciitis, and also chat about the need to increase load if you're feeling like your exercises are too easy. You are listening to the BFR University Podcast with your host, Dr. Ed LaCara. BFR University is dedicated to helping people learn safe and effective ways to implement blood flow restriction training into their lives. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ed LaCara. Hey guys, what's going on? I have zero idea what happened there. My apologies. Hopefully you can uh, hear me now. Um, yeah, what's going on, everybody? Tuesday, July 20th already. We're getting through the summer like there's no tomorrow. So um, my name's Ed. I'm the uh, organizer of this uh, Tuesday BFR that we've been doing now for, uh, gosh, almost three years. Um, here to answer any questions regarding blood flow restriction training. To ask a question, just go up into the upper right corner in the chat section and type it in. So I'm going to say hello from Dallas. So what questions do we have that can, I can answer? And if, um, if we don't have any questions, then I'll jump into some content. <clears throat> hey, Okan, how's it going? Uh, let's see, Louis or Louise. Uh, I've been adding some additional resistance to the 15 rep sets, and they felt much more challenging as we discussed last week. Well, good. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to take it. To, you have to take it to uh, fatigue. Otherwise, your body's not going to adapt, no matter how light the load or how heavy the load or um, it's all about taking it to fatigue. And, and so it's good that adding some resistance is helpful. I have no idea what's going on with my uh, webinar stuff today. What other questions do we have? <clears throat> Comments, concerns? I don't take complaints typically. I send those to my staff. Lewis, is it uncommon for the first set of 30 to feel okay, but the success of 15 aren't challenging at the same resistance? Um, no, what should happen is your first 30 are pretty easy. Take a 30 second rest. The first like eight or nine are difficult. And then it starts getting challenging about rep 10 of your second set. Third set of fifth, third set overall, second set of 15 is, you know, getting pretty spicy. And then by the time By the time you're about done, uh, you should almost beat a failure, like maybe one or two reps left in the tank. But um, if you're not feeling anything, the, light, the load is probably too light. If, you're, if the 30 are okay, but then the success of 15 aren't challenging. So when I...
so the pressures, the pressures in the automated pump are, you know, going to be within a plus or minus. It's not going to be like, it's not going to be exact. So plus or minus, I think it's two um, millimeters of mercury on either end. If you're in the upper extremity, you should be at 50% limb occlusion pressure. If you are at the, um, if you're in the lower extremity at, at high, you're going to be at 80% limb occlusion pressure. I'm guessing you're talking, Abe, about your lower extremity. Yeah, so um, so I guess, Dave, I'm not really sure what you're asking. Um, you know, there's going to be a little bit of variable between between the two pumps, but we have them set and calibrated. Um, and tested within about two millimeters of mercury, uh, plus or minus to that, to that uh, percentage of limb occlusion pressure. <clears throat> For me, the first 30 are easy. The next three sets aren't typically challenging. I find that I generally need to add resistance. Sure. If I add weight to the initial 30, the next three sets of 15 are generally too challenging, or the initial 20 to 30 are too difficult. Also, he keeps kind of yeah I know I'm not sure what's going on with my uh, with my webinar stuff. Um, what kind of jumps, Luis, are you making? Um, what kind of jumps are you making in your um, in your resistance? Is it a couple pounds? Is it five pounds? Is it ten pounds? Um, Abe asks, I feel that the 144 is a better level. 132 doesn't give me the same bang. All right, yeah, so go to one. You know, you can go to those higher pressures. I'm guessing you have, I think you have the consumer version where it maxes you out at the 50. Sorry, I don't know what's going on with uh, my webinar um, stuff right now. Um... Yeah, so maybe take a little smaller increments. I mean, it's hard to take much lower of an increment than five pounds. But for the bench, you know, go go two and a half on each side. Uh, military press, five pounds. Yeah, it makes a dramatic difference for sure. Yeah. I would... Lewis, if you're having trouble, like you're in the middle, like it's a tweener, um, what I would do is that last set, I would go until I felt like I was almost at failure, like within one rep of failure. That might be 15 reps, that might be 17 reps, that might be 12 reps. Um, your body doesn't know the difference, whether you did 15 reps or 12 reps or 11 reps or, you know. so. So if you're not feeling like you're, you're 
you're at quite the right weight, but it's kind of a tweener weight. You're not, you know, you're, you can't bump up to the next level, but you don't feel like it's enough at the previous level that like the increment of increase. guideline take it a little further go a little bit go an extra few reps until you get that um, accumulation and of course this is all assuming that you're at the highest pressures um, and the pressures are staying stable 50% in the upper extremity and 80% um, in the lower extremity So Lewis, I would go to the next pressure if you've been at medium for a while. You've been training now for a while. I would go to the higher, I would go to high. Just because you go to high in the upper doesn't mean you have to go high to the lower either. I tend to find that the lower pressures are better in the legs. Um, so I'm usually at 60 to 70% limb occlusion pressure in the legs, but I do feel like 50 in the upper is a better pressure. <clears throat> ABAS, if increasing my weight to 25 pounds instead of 15, is that a reasonable balance? It's a, uh, I mean, that's a pretty good jump, 10 pounds. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you're, I mean, I don't know the exact math, but that's, you know, probably a, uh, I mean, it's not quite doubling your weight, but you know, it's a forty percent increase in your weight. So that's a it's a pretty good it's a pretty good jump. If you can tolerate those resist, you know, if you can get to that seventy five reps or close to it, then it's probably okay. With Lewis, yeah, higher pressure start with a lower weight for the first time. Yeah, so we don't increase <clears throat> two things at the same time, right? That'd be like me being a runner and doing the same doing two miles. Two miles feels good. And then um, want to do two variables on the same date. <clears throat> do each variable, um, and then if you if you're bumping up in pressure, you're probably gonna have to drop your weight. Um, Sinisa asks, "Hello from Bosnia. Hello." Um, Protocol for tendonitis, Achilles tendonitis, and plantar fasciitis. Um, it's kind of a long question because there's the you know your protocols are going to be the same, uh, meaning you're going to be using the same pressures, you're going to be using the same amount of resistance where you can do uh, the load thirty reps, fifteen reps, fifteen reps, fifteen reps. The difference. <clears throat> is what exercises are you going to choose? Um, if I feel like that it's a true plantar fasciitis, and I I sometimes have trouble differentiating between true plantar fasciitis, tibialis posterior tendonitis or tendinopathy, and most of the time those are really a calf weakness. So what I use is, um, it's like this little dorsiflexion. And so when the toes are in dorsiflexion, you're pre-stretching the plantar fascia. 
and you're able to get to the insertion of flexor digitorum brevis better, which is where a lot of that heel pain is really occurring from. So um, give me one minute, I'll go grab it so you can see it. Okay, so this is a little pad. It's called a fasciitis fighter. There's a long end and there's a short end, depending on how long your foot is. Probably anything less than a size 10 American um, goes on this side with a shorter edge, shorter edge, longer edge. Longer feet, like a size 10 and above, go on this longer edge. So your toes are sitting on top of this. And what that does is it pre-stretches the tissue underneath, which according to um, studies that I've read, gets better activity. You're doing your calf raises and you're doing the same, you know, when we typically do BFR, we're doing two second concentric, two-second eccentric with no hold at either end. So it's 1,001, 1,002, 1,002, 1,001, 1,002, 1,001, 1,002. So it's pretty slow and controlled. <clears throat> you can do the same thing with this. Um, I make a little bit of a little bit longer of a contraction at the top. So what I do is 1,001, 1,002, they go into their calf raise, they hold it for two seconds, 1,001, 1,002. Now I'm going to tell you with BFR, this in the beginning you're probably not going to be able to do it. They probably can't even do body weight, um, especially single leg, which is where I need people to get to, um, with without resistance, like they just can't even do their own body weight. So you add BFR to it, it's gonna be much, much harder. If they can't do their body weight at all, they're that weak. You could use BFR and try to simulate this in a non-weight bearing position. The point I'm trying to make is that when recommendation, but depending on what muscles that you're trying to attack, whether it's tibialis posterior, it's gastroc, it's uh, flexor digitorum brevis and longus underneath the foot. Um, use the same protocols that we're using, 30 reps, 30 second rest, 15 reps, 30 second rest, 15 reps, 30 second rest, 15 reps, and then deflate and then move on to your next exercise. Uh, make them slow and controlled. Um, and, um, and then just use your clinical skill on how to make the variable. Like, you know, how do you want to take Now, um, for Achilles tendinopathy, uh, you have to differentiate between is it, is it insertional, meaning that it's going directly into the calcaneus, that's where that tendinopathy is, or is it non-insertional, which is kind of above the calcaneus, because there's two different types of exercises that are the best for those. Insertional tendinopathy, you want to just go to the floor. Like, you don't want to get any excessive dip. Um, where your heels are below your toes, you'll overstretch that uh, Achilles tendon and you'll just make it mad. <clears throat> so instead, we just go straight to the floor. Again, same thing, 
two seconds up, two second hold, two seconds down. You can play with that counting, but it's it's got to be slow. Um, I go double foot first, and I slowly progress from two feet to single leg as I can, then single leg loaded, um, and then I go into jumping and hopping. Um, whether that's something simple like even um, uh, like doing uh, jump rope, which is a lot of times what I'll get my tennis players to do prior to um, prior to their training or prior to their uh, tennis matches, because um, I'm trying to get some of the elasticity through that uh, Achilles tendon versus just doing slow controlled exercises forever, which I don't think is helpful. I think eventually you got to progress to um, some sort of dynamic plyometric explosive to mimic the activities that they're trying to do. Um, I am hoping that that answered your question, um, but I'll summarize. Both, both Achilles tendinopathy and plantar fasciitis, in my opinion, are calf issues for the most part. Um, you're going to attack calf strength, 30-15-15-15. And at, what's been cool is that according to some literature, the tendon will catch up and get the same type of resistance training as your, um, the calf and the Achilles will be equal. So it's, it's good. Like you don't have to, you don't really have to think about it too much. You just kind of train that calf and get that thing stronger. Hopefully that helps. Um, Lewis, all else being equal, would you recommend a longer rest period with more resistance or a shorter rest period with less resistance? Is one inherently more ideal or is there a matrix of variables that can give you effectively the same result? I only give people as much rest as they need and no longer than one minute. When you're using lighter loads, you're going to give them less time period, 30 seconds max. Um, but if somebody needs a little more rest, I'm okay with giving them a little bit more rest. I think you get uh, better results. Um, I think you get the better. I think you get better results with um, lighter loads that are taken as close to failure as possible. Because really, all you're doing when you increase the load is you're getting to that fatigue point. But if you're below 40% um, of one rep max, <clears throat> the mechanical tension component of the resistance training is not that much. Um, it's more of a metabolic load that you're, that you're doing. So if you want to do heavier loads, do heavier loads. Just don't do them with BFR. And then use BFR as a supplement type exercise. Um, if you can't do heavier loads, then You know, there's no harm in going all the way to failure. You just need a little bit more rest in between that and your next session. So hopefully that, hopefully that helps. All right, 122, so a little long today. Um, great questions, really appreciate the, uh, the questions so that way we can chat. Um, I have finally gotten ready to, um, do my level two course. 
So if you want to sign up for level two, which is going to be every Tuesday in August from 7 p.m. until 8.30 p.m. Central Time. So I'll put that in here. So Tuesdays in August 2021, it's 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Central Time. And let me find a link that you can register. So the Level two is basically a performance. Like how do we, not for injuries, not for rehabilitation, um, but for, for, um, for performance. All right, so I'm gonna copy this link. And so we're gonna talk about, um, what to do pre-activity pre using BFR, what to do post-activity. Um, we're gonna be doing um, how to use BFR supplementally. So how to use high intensity training, but supplement with blood flow restriction training. We're gonna be doing um, how to do aerobic capacity training, um, swimming, um, running, walking, cycling, uh, rower. So lots of different variables. Um, all the sessions will be recorded and then you'll have access to all those recorded sessions. So if you can't make one of the live or two of the live, or it's not a good time for you. And then eventually I will make it an online course once I have all the bugs um, kind of fixed. That should be, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna guess probably a month or so after I'm done. So maybe like by October, but no later than the end of the year, I'll have it up online, just right near where our level one course is online. All right, thank you so much. And um, I have, you guys have a great week. Thanks for joining me and I will see you next week. Bye for now.